0: Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love the first four, surviving and advancing, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Presented by Section 5 My name is David I am joined as always by Squid and Dylan And we have a great show for you today Because the Pit Panthers have won a March Madness game For the first time in a number of years I don't want to talk about right now And they are advancing to the round of 64
1: Boys let me have it. The season ain't
2: over. It
1: ain't over. And this is – that was a feeling that I haven't felt in a very long time, watching a meaningful March Madness Pitt basketball game. It's – it almost felt surreal at times, and it really reminded you how these March Madness games can be. I mean, Pitt's a team who's won high-scoring high shootouts all year. Last five games, they've been allowing 85 points a game – and they just win a rock fight, 60-59, to 59, against a, a big old SEC team that might have Arduz- beat us up on the glass, but didn't beat us on the scoreboard. Pat Narduzzi would have been proud of that rock fight.
2: It almost didn't feel real. It's been so long since there was a tournament game of any consequence. So the fact that we had this on the national stage too, everyone's tuned in to pit. it was awesome. I didn't know how to act, how to react, but I was... Nervous wreck, the whole game. Well, so Squid, we, we want to start with you because you, loyal son that you
0: are, mm. made the post-work trek to Dayton and back before work again today to see your pit Panthers win that game against Mississippi State. Tell us and, and spare no detail. Tell us everything about the atmosphere, the experience, and and just what the game meant.
2: It was an unorthodox trip for sure. We left partway through the workday yesterday and returned today, so I got some weird looks in the office because people are were like, "Weren't you in Dayton literally last night?" I'm like, "Yeah, we just left after the midnight uh, final whistle and shipped it back." So here we are on two hours of sleep,
0: but smelling was, like
2: beer and sweat. Couldn't be more worth the trip because they won. Uh, first of all, getting there it was cool. The arena was sweet. It felt huge but small at the same time. It held like 13,000 people and it was a packed house. And even for the 16-seed game, Corpus Christi versus Southeast Missouri State, you could see little pockets of each fan base, which was probably just the families cheering, and then all of the non-tied-to um, fan bases, just choosing a side and the rooting. Unaf- or, the unaffiliated or, Yeah, or rooting for the the spread. Uh, It was a great atmosphere. And that game ended up being pretty sweet, too. Then we get to the pit game, and it hit me. I was looking down the floor and just seeing the giant March Madness logo. at halfway. that was sweet. That's what I knew was real. Uh, The pit fans showed out. They were definitely uh, the most noticeable, not just because of the beautiful blue. We were the most attended by far. Uh, there was a very small Mississippi State crew across, but the Let's Go Pit Chance drowned everything out. It was awesome. Everyone who wasn't affiliated, they were loving the game because it was so back and forth. So there was all kinds of emotion, mostly nerves, but relief at the end. Yeah, and we definitely heard the Let's Go Pit
0: chants breaking out on the broadcast and that. That brought a little warmth into the old cold dead heart.
2: Yeah. There were some let's go state chants you would hear. And then the pit fans are like, Now this ain't happening.
0: So take us through the final moments of this game. It had to be Jamarius Burton on the game winning shot. It had to be Guillermo Diaz Graham on the game saving block. What were you feeling in those moments, and, and how did the crowd
2: react? I felt surprisingly good when Pitt up went up by six, because they got a stop right after that. And I'm like, hey, we get a bucket here. There is not enough time for this terrible Mississippi State offense to come back. But we missed a couple open shots, and they got a couple quick buckets. And before you knew it, we were losing. And it was a, oh, my God, this is happening. It happened so quick, you couldn't even react or in, or brace yourself for it. But then, after the made basket to take the lead, we see the ball inbounded to Jamarius Burton. He nods his head, dribbles it up the floor, and we knew we were in good hands. Yeah, even though, uh,
1: in hindsight, that shot was kind of terrible.
2: <laughs> Not for Jamarius Burton.
1: No, I disagree. He got exactly to his spot. That's his range. I th- thought he got exactly what he wanted. It at least
0: looked funky.
1: I thought he got fouled on the way up. I thought he got hit upon further review. He very much didn't, but I thought he got fouled on the way up and he was, wasn't was going to get the call. And then what do you know? It goes in. But I don't want to. I know we were talking about the atmosphere of Squid, but I don't want to skip the rest of this game. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, even just leading up to tip off, we find out that Federico Federico isn't going to go. I know I had a bad feeling about the game all day yesterday. A very unsettling feeling. And I don't know if it was just not being a part of March Madness for so long. I don't know if it was just pits kind of looked like they were sputtering the last few weeks. And then we get the news that Federico can't go. And my heart just kind of dropped. I was like, the, this team's best player is a 250-pound All-SEC center. Guillermo's all of 195 pounds soaking wet. And this is how this season's going to end. Like, I, I hate to be... I mean, now that the game's over, I can say it out loud. I was like, this would be just such a terrible way for this year to year to end. And, and the Panthers had other plans in mind. Yeah, I was, like you, absolutely convinced
0: from the moment I woke up that hit was going to get dog walked in this game i don't know why it was even before we found out there was anything wrong with federico um but i just i just woke up with that feeling in my gut and then when the worst three-point shooting team in the country 352 out of 352 was it squid made four of their first five threes four or five is how they started i mean i mean from that first attempt that they made in the first minute of the game, watching that ball go in was as big a sign from God that I was right that than I could have possibly perceived.
2: The best part about that, there actually was no good part about that, but the best part of that shitty situation of the worst team getting hot was after every single one of them, the pit team would like look around at each other, whoever had inbound the ball would grab the ball when they would bring it up, Jeff Cape would be like. Calm down, relax, relax. We're good. Like he knew they couldn't continue to do that. I think I jokingly texted, they hit five in the first half. They averaged 5.1 a game, so they might get one more. And they did get one more. So funny how that works. The law of averages
1: uh, brought them back down
2: to earth because if not, that would be so
1: typical. Well, yeah, that, what they started four or five, finished six for 23. So they went two for 18 from that point credit to capable those those
0: sorry those misses in that that last 18 shots were like like high school rec league misses yeah it was just throwing threes off the backboard
1: it was comical like knowing coming in that they were the worst three-point shooting team in the country and then watching some of the jump shots that were taken by that team it's like oh, they really are, like, you can visibly see that they do not have shooters on this team. Like, guys, ugly forms, bricks off the backboard. Like, it was rough. But credit to them for sticking to the game plan, not panicking or overreacting, knowing that this team was not a good shooting team. And you know what? If they're going to hit 50% of their threes against us and that's how our season ends, we'd rather it happen that way than let them beat us up inside. So I thought they did a great job on... Smith inside really hounded him from the jump and never let him get comfortable get into any type of rhythm and uh, Guillermo Diaz Graham uh, he struggled early one for eight from the field offensively but anyway you spin it they don't win that game without his defensive effort uh, there, he was getting beat up on the glass only finished up with five rebounds pick got beat by 21 in the rebounding margin but Guillermo Diaz Graham's effort, he drew a couple fouls on Smith that we knew he would get just from being outweighed by sixty pounds. Rownnie. Yes, I mean, both <laughs> of them. The second one where Smith put his elbow into his chest, like most other NCA big men just eat that, and he gets a bucket <laughs> out of it. but but Guillermo had to like, run to the sideline for oxygen. They, they, I thought it, I thought he was going to have broken ribs when he, when he threw that elbow yeah. into his chest. Yeah. Um, I think the
2: majority of the game people around us, myself included, were pretty upset about the effort on the boards. It wasn't just Guillermo. Everyone could have done more, but I think it was a positive overall. I think he made enough good plays. I take the historic block out of the equation. He had some big boards down the stretch. He had a couple uh, loose balls that he got to or tipped away from a Mississippi State guy. He had some steals. He did enough to impact the game. And I think the game plan on Smith was amazing because he did not look like an all ACC guy at all. And that was mainly because Guillermo was hounding him to make sure he couldn't get any easy looks. But when he would get it, Blake Henson slides over, Greg Elliott slams down on him. So he didn't have any time to get comfortable or get into any sort of rhythm. When we're watching
0: pit games, I know the whole world is watching in specific circumstances when like random old fraternity brothers or like buddies from middle school will text me. And I've, I got multiple texts saying something along the lines of that skinny white boy needs a steak. Which we agree. I think a a major theme of this uh, podcast for the last two months have been uh, what would we feed the Diaz-Graham twins in a a mass-building program. But uh, he he stood firm on a couple defensive possessions when we needed him. And though, though giving him the ball in the paint was the equivalent of just throwing the ball out of bounds at certain points during that game... He did exactly what Pitt needed him to do um, in that game to allow them to advance. Uh, I, I don't blame him specifically for the lack of rebounding uh, because he he would try to seal his guy when given the opportunity to let someone else come in and clean up. But, man, I Pitt's bad in loose ball situations. If a, re- if a ball goes up, clanks off the rim, and bounces somewhere where there is not a player position to get the rebound, Pitt looks slow to the ball.
1: I think Mississippi State is a, just a very big physical athletic team that's not very skilled. Like, that's their MO. They're trying to beat you up. I thought they were very solid defensively with their rotations. Uh, Absolutely. Took a lot of charge on Pitt. Uh, a lot of charges last night. We were getting frustrated, but be honest with how college basketball is called, a lot of them looked like how they call charges in college basketball. So, uh, I you know, could Pitt have rebounded better? Yes, because they've got some more loose balls. Absolutely, but it, it just felt like they just made enough plays at the end of the game. They're a team with nine scholarship players right now. Federico's out. Like, there was just so much grit, even though you're going to say, oh, they got beat up on the glass. Like, they won because they shot better. But pitches did the the things that they needed to do to pull out and grind out a win.
2: That yeah, was Pitt's best defensive it. game all year. I'm rather sure of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were multiple points. Near the end of the game, Mississippi State went a like 4, 440 without getting a bucket. I mean, they locked in on the defensive ends, got stops when they needed, and some players made some timely plays on the offensive end. I mean, how many different guys stepped up and kind of carved out a couple minutes where they stepped up? Nike Sabandi had a little run in the second half. Blake Henson, the shot, heard round the world. The shot heard round Oakland. I mean... The shot from Oakland. Yeah, the shot from Oakland. That was just... That was one of those shots where... And and I feel like I am Jeff Capel at this point. Where it's like, no, why are you shooting? Of course it went in. Yes, keep. of course it has to go in.
0: That shot was so stupid. But like...
2: Exactly what we needed.
0: But it made me think he had to have known something.
2: He was probably just frustrated. He hasn't been getting any open looks. I thought that was the best thing that Mississippi State did, not letting Blake Hinson have an inch to breathe.
0: There was like a 15-minute period from the start of the second half until about five minutes left in the game where I think Pitt attempted one three-pointer, and Hinson shot, I guess in hindsight, was just a frustrated launch. Like... Fuck it! The second I get the ball on this half of the court, I'm just putting it up because I'm tired of this shit. And he nailed it.
1: It was pure. Didn't even sniff the rim. It was pure nothing but net. You can see the bench's reaction. Jeff Cable or Jason Cable had the uh, big nuts reaction on the sideline celebration. So it was beautiful. Also, we haven't mentioned him yet. But the leading scorer from last night, Nelly Cummings, the local kid, he committed to Pitt in the offseason, said he was going to bring Pitt basketball back, and he's a part of doing just that. Um, how many Can I make a comparison? Go I'm going to make it.
2: a comparison here. Nellie had a LeBron game. Yeah? Hear me out. I'm already, already on board. Early in the game, I don't know how long it lasted. I forget when he got his first bucket. But the first... Four maybe five minutes. I don't think Nelly looked the rim. He was only concerned with going around the screen, finding a guy, getting everyone involved. So we had Greg Elliott off to a hot start. We were finding Greg Elliott. We were uh, hitting Nike. Nike had an early three. Henson had a three early. I mean, they were getting the ball to uh, the Diaz Grams even. Uh, So everyone was getting involved except Nike or except Nelly. Excuse me. And then eventually, Mississippi State batting down the hatches. They weren't letting us get those open looks. And Nelly said, well, now it's time for me to take over because Burt was in foul trouble. The offense has gone flat. So it was his time to shine, and he
1: did just that.
0: And he's the greatest basketball player ever born,
1: so they have that in common. Yes. Yeah, it was like every time... It felt like Pitt needed a bucket. Like he finished with 15 points. So it wasn't they he wasn't scoring every time down the court, but every time it was like, oh, we're going cold here. We need something to get us back into. He gets a steal and takes it coast to coast for a layup. He goes and makes a reverse layup. He had two reverse layups that were just impossible finishes that, it, that he took to the hoop for two points. Can't say enough about how he showed up, especially Mary's Burton out. I was going to say all year, that was Jamarius Burton.
2: It's, oh, we need a bucket. Give it to Jamarius. But he was on the bench. And something that worried me, I don't know if this will be a theme next game. I don't know how good Iowa State is defensively. But when we were being pressured, there was a lot of times where the offense was just looking at each other. They wouldn't know what to do. It's like, you go over there, you go up there. And it would take us 15 seconds to do anything. And Nellie was the one who was initiating everything. So without him, we might have scored – well, I mean, we technically would have scored 45 points because he had 15, but we would have even less because he was doing everything for this offense.
0: How long did your guy's heart stop beating when he went down after that ridiculous layup in the second half?
1: That was the moment. They show him on the replay getting up, or they had the alternate angle. It was like when they show the rear angle, rear view camera angle and he gets up instantly like not putting any weight on that foot and I'm like well this was fun he's done everything he could to will us back into this and that's gonna do it we're we're gonna have to play Nate Santos we might even get down to Aiden Fish if Jamarius Burton fouls out like I was like this is gonna this is how this is gonna end and I don't know he came out I hope do we think it was just a cramp do we have any word on if he rolled something it looked like he was cramping
2: but I saw a tweet saying that he landed on his ankle, which would make it even more impressive that he just sucked he it up. Back during out. That time out and break, was like, all yeah. right,
1: this isn't going to bother me. Isaiah Thomas esque. it'll be something to look for because they play another game in two days. Thank God they play another game. <laughs> they play another game in two days. They play another game in two days, but so it'll be something to keep an eye on. If you know, sometimes you can push through that with the adrenaline and everything, but if it was something where he turned the ankle, uh, could not be not great moving forward, but I'm just gonna hope that's a cramp. I'm gonna say he's gonna be 100%, and so will Fetty. So, fingers crossed. Okay. Then we mentioned everyone but Greg Elliott, but shout out to Greg Elliott hitting some big shots, hitting big free throws. Same thing, had some timely buckets where, you know, Pitt wasn't getting much going to the hoop, wasn't getting much going on offense, and he draws a foul and hits two free throws. He hits a one dribble pull up. Um, Everyone stepped up. It was just such a perfect game for this team. And it was awesome to see them just grittily win a rock fight like this. Like we said, Um, it wasn't just them outscoring the other team. Like they just gritted this shit out without their
0: star. Most of the game without their top defender, the entire game, uh, just in a situation that was not conducive to this team's success after a couple weeks in which they've looked disappointing.
1: Poetic in a way for Pitt to make it back to the tournament after such a long drought and win a game 60-59, to kind of like they would have in the old Big East days. The one stat that we tweeted out, well, we didn't tweet it out. I did not find the stat,
2: but Opta Stats tweeted, Pitt is the only D1 team in the last 25 seasons to Score 60 or fewer points, shoot 35% or worse on two-pointers, which is really bad. Shoot 60% or worse on free throws, also really bad. Get out-rebounded by 20 or more, and still win the game. The last 348 teams to do that, lost every time. That
0: That is ridiculous, and so, so very pit to win a tournament game that way. You know what else is a really pit statistic? This game had the most lead changes in a tournament game since 2018. I think there were 21 lead changes. Both of those both of those statistics, to me, just feel so very pit because it is the team that we love putting us through an incredible amount of hell.
2: Yeah, every possession... And still winning. Every possession we were turning to each other and either saying come on, let's pull away here, or got to get a stop. Can't let them pull away for maybe 30 straight possessions. Maybe
1: it's probably every possession of the game, honestly. I mean, it yeah, it felt like a game where if one team got up three points, that that might be insurmountable. When Pitt went up 58-52, I was like, this is the biggest lead anyone's had Mm -hmm. the whole game. Like, there's no way they can come back. And of course, couple quick buckets and they do but it just felt like a game where and, and the tournament gets like that sometimes but that game especially last night three points four points felt insurmountable well especially because we had what
0: three or four attempts at what would have been the dagger three while well up six because nobody was scoring nine points in like three minutes in that game uh and we came very close on all of them but it really felt like the second one of those went in it would have started pouring in dayton it's not much of a secret that I have a Home Field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's Home Field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with Home Field this season to keep Pit fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order, each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's
2: homefieldapparel.com. So, would all three of us have made that wide open three for the win if we were in a Bulldog uniform? I don't know if I would have made it, but I think
1: I would have made the putback. That, I. I was worried before the play, like, they're going to slip to the hoop. They're going to get the big man a layup. This is this is going to be brutal. And Blake Henson just gives Tolu Smith a big bear hug underneath. Doesn't let him anywhere near the ball. And then Greg Elliott, I don't know, gets caught call- ball watching. And all of a Nike. sudden they have a... What was that?
0: I was going to say Nike really got caught ball watching. Want yeah, to take I, away from his well, oh,
1: he was guarding the inbound. Uh, yikes! Ass. Yeah, I maybe on the maybe on the tip end, but on, on the, the shooter, end, yeah. I'm pretty oh. sure it was Greg Elliott watching the inbounder, whoever it was. They completely lost him. The dude literally has a catch and shoot warm up three wide wide open in the corner, and you know what? Maybe that's just the shot you live with when you're playing the worst three point shooting team. In the I want to know if that was
2: by design. I was kind of upset that nobody asked. Capel, if that was a strategy because there were five pit players in the paint there were ten white and blue nike shoes at the paint there was not a soul near that guy i don't know if Capel said if they want to shoot a three by all means but we're not letting you get something quick and cheap inside on us if we yeah, lose they- on
0: a dagger buzzer beater to the worst shooting team in the country
1: felt like they didn't even, they didn't even really sell out on the closeout either. It was like, I guess they, I mean, the closest guy was just too far. But then to not even, like, to not even get a body on a guy under the hoop for a tip in, I mean, that would have been, that would have been tough to swallow. But guess what? They didn't make it. The guy didn't make the put back dunk after the buzzer. That wouldn't have counted anyway, but it still didn't go in the hoop. Nothing in the world was letting that ball go in the hoop. It was time for Pitt to get a win in the NCAA tournament. And when they did,
0: and we all know what that means, we advance to Greensboro Friday, 3.10 p.m. against Iowa State of the lofty Big 12 Conference. Do we have any preliminary thoughts about this game? Because I think we we tried to focus on the positive, but there are a couple things Pitt needs to tweak if they're going to make it to the round of 32.
1: Yeah, and if they can tweak Fetty's health, untweak his knee, they need him. That was a great, gutty performance by Guillermo. They pulled it out. They gritted it out. They need Federico back. It, it was very apparent. Defensively, rebounding, even offensively, a couple of those yep. easy looks that Guillermo got under the hoop that he wasn't able to convert, those are plays that Fetty just goes up and dunks the ball and maybe gets an AM1. like. They need him back, and Cable said in the post-game presser he wasn't close to going yesterday, but he felt like if they played later in the week, he might be able to go. He said he might be available Friday. I really hope so. I, I really yeah. hope so because, once again, they're they're only really playing six guys. I mean, Jorge gave them, what, four or five minutes yesterday. But, yeah, that would be a huge lift to get him back, and um, they, they need to rebound better as a group, even if Fetty is... Is back in the mix. Like everyone has to do better there.
2: On the bright side, Iowa State's leading rebounder averages four point two rebounds a game.
1: Yeah, I noticed that they don't have anyone like Tolu Smith. Like there are a bunch of guys who average four rebounds a game, kind of like that. So, maybe other that than that, goes well for us.
0: Other than that, they're pretty similar stylistically to Mississippi State, right? They they certainly aren't shooters, but they play really good defense and, and can kind of slow the game down a little bit.
1: Uh, Well, they shoot like 34% from three as a team, I believe 33, 34%. So I, I don't think it'll be the, let them shoot game plan that we kind of play with Mississippi state. And maybe you that is, a, with that is a full
0: team. 10% better than Mississippi state somehow.
1: Yeah. So they're, they're a good bit better of a shooting team. I don't, I don't know that you'll play them, match them up the same way. Um, admittedly, haven't watched a ton of Iowa State basketball this year. Uh I did watch them beat up on Baylor a few weeks ago and they looked pretty good. But I don't know, man. March is weird. Every every game has its own identity. Um I'm I'm more worried about what Pitt can do. Can they Can they get guys to step up? Can Blake Henson maybe start knocking down some of these mid-range jumpers? I mean, teams are absolutely selling out on him on the three-point line. Every time he hit a ball fake, they went flying past. It was just whether or not he could could do something with the ball afterwards after he put it on the ground.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I have another suggestion, and uh, it's go back to shooting foul shots. Like, it's before the Notre Dame game, because ever since that game, something in this team broke and they've got to be shooting under 60 percent in the month of March.
1: Yeah, free throw shooting has been abysmal and it's not exactly the time of year where you want your free throw shooting to go down the shitter. So please start hitting some free throws.
0: Do we want to wrap it up with a couple final thoughts?
1: Is everyone's brackets done? Are there final tweaks to be made before noon tomorrow?
0: No, ESPN, actually, the system did it for me because when I took Pitt to the national championship, it had Pit slash Mississippi State, and I think it just auto-fills Pitt the whole way now.
2: I did not make a bracket yet last year. Oh, I, ticking. Yeah, I'm going to get on that last year. I spent so little time on it and I did better than usual compared to previous years when I tinker for 72 hours straight. I just ended up getting last. So I'm going to keep this strategy alive and probably fire one up at like 8 PM tonight, go to bed. And then the rest is history.
1: Roll with it. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time on brackets in years past. And then the last couple of years, like this time, I filled out two two brackets today and neither of them took me more than five minutes. Like click through, pick an upset if you think it. If not, you know, send a 13C to the sweet 16. It doesn't really matter. You, you might as well have a have a AI artificial intelligence fill out your bracket for you.
2: I do have one worry. I think every year there's one really, really trendy 11 or 12 seed that I want to say 75% of people take just because it seems so obvious. And I feel like that pick rarely ever hits. So I try to fade that. I'm like, oh, everybody's on Drake. I'll take Miami. But I think this year, every single 11 and 12 seed is a trendy pick. I think everyone yeah. is going all in on these upsets. So I'm kind of lost i don't want to go all chalk i also don't want to have seven 11 and 12 seeds in my second round so
1: we'll see what happens so how far are we putting pit that's what i really want to know how far do we have pick i mean david you said national championship in in your bracket that you've actually filled out how far are they going you
0: you can't make me answer this question honestly. They're winning the championship.
1: I can't make you answer it honestly. Okay, I'll tell you where I have it right now. I do want to make another bracket, maybe sending them a little further. I've made two so far. I have one. They're winning in both. They're winning on Friday in both. I have them losing in the second round in one of them, and then I have them losing in the Sweet 16 in the next, so... I, I feel like I'm obligated to have one that puts them in the final four, but contractually, I mean, that's, yeah, that's where I have them right now. That's where I, yeah, contractually, we, we kind of have to do that. I mean, I don't
2: hate the draw that we have. Iowa State, yeah. they're not that scary. I mean, they could very well blow us out after we had that agonizing nail-biter. Maybe we come out flat and they beat us by 15 and it's not even a game, but I don't think this is that much better of a team, if at all, than Pitt. And then you probably run to the Xavier next round. I don't know if Xavier's that good. I don't think they're a proven team. They're a three-seed, sure. But those Big East teams now, they're so hot and cold. Maybe they're frauds.
1: I mean, Um, I think looking at other potential six-seeds and three-seeds we could have drawn, I I think Pitt's path is fairly favorable it felt like if they can get through the first four game i they have a chance they have a chance to be playing after this weekend well uh
0: vegas thinks that it should be a pretty good game against iowa state the line is only uh three and a half
1: in favor of the
0: cyclones um but i i'm kind of surprised by that i thought that people would see Uh, The general lackluster way Pitt has played over the last month and and put all the money on Iowa State. But maybe they see what we see, which is a gritty team of veterans uh, that is going to bite, scratch, and claw their way to the necessary results. And they will not spare a
2: point. Iowa State has also lost seven of their last ten. So they ain't playing great basketball. I will admit, two of those wins are over Baylor. One is over TCU, and they beat Kansas not that long before then, but they are not peaking in March,
1: just like us. Anything can happen, man. I, I've yeah. i started to just use that attitude with it. Like, I can look at all their past results, but all it takes is a bad shooting game for one team, a good shooting game for another team. Yeah,
2: as long as we aren't playing a team that's coming off of like a 10-game win streak, scoring 80 points a game. I like our chances.
0: My final thought is that I'm so excited to watch sun up to sundown college basketball for the next four days, but these college charge calls are going to make me rip skin off of my arms. Like I'm, like I'm itching for the for the dragon underneath. Like I. I was losing my mind. And Dylan, you were so much kinder to the refs earlier than I wanted to be. But it is, if you generate any amount of force and then make contact with a defender, it's a call. And, and we saw it really impacting the way that Pitt was driving to the hole because Burton got hit with a couple of them, went into foul trouble. And then all of a sudden, anytime Pitt drove the lane, they were pulling up, they were doing a bunch of weird shit, hopping on one leg, you know, juke spins to try to avoid the guy standing half a foot in front of the crescent covering his crotch, you know, under the hoop. And it really impacted the way we played offense. Nike got a travel because he saw a dude, he came in under no control, saw a dude standing there waiting for the ref to make his favorite motion and he just pulled up and like slid. Like baseball slid.
1: Yeah, I think my counterpoint to all this is guys just need to learn how to jump stop. You can avoid a lot of charge calls if you just learn how to jump stop. But not a lot of guys do it. So, look, it's it can get a little ridiculous in college basketball. Look up Amari Bailey from UCLA. He had a dunk in the Pac-12 championship last week where he literally catches a body, dunks on a guy, poster dunk like... Sports Center top ten number one play, and the ref called it a charge. And I, I'm not like it wasn't a guy slid in front of him like on the ground. A guy went up and contested, two hands straight up in the air, jumped in the air to contest it, got dunked on, and the ref called an offensive foul. When I saw that, I was like, "This is out of hand. There needs to be something done about this." College and refs they, suck, and they just kind of bumped bellies a little bit. Like there it, wasn't even it was that the much contact. It was everyone listening to this should look it up if you haven't seen it. It was the worst call I've seen at any level of basketball ever, ever. I've seen a lot of basketball games from elementary school to NBA. It was the worst call I've ever seen. I'm sure
0: it's going to get one up at some point in
1: the next three weeks. I don't even know how you can, but. They will figure out a way. We'll figure it out yet. If it goes against Pitt, it's, it's worse, but. I don't even want to think about what, that right now. Let's uh, let's just enjoy this. Let's enjoy this ride. Like you mm-hmm. said, four days of nonstop college basketball. It's the best sports weekend of the year. Not even close. Anyone who wants to argue that with me, I don't want to hear it. There's nothing like it. And God, I can't wait.
2: You know, it's gonna be sweet watching games Thursday and knowing those team seasons are over. Pitts isn't. Thinking
0: of anyone in particular.
2: There's a bunch of games. Yeah. Hmm.
0: But we'll be keeping an eye out. Oh, we will. Pulling some receipts. So, uh, Pitt plays on Friday. If they win, you will hear from us drunk probably a couple minutes after. If they don't, we'll see you again Sunday, and we will be sad and probably just talk about football.
1: Let's do it. Let's get a win, fellas. Let's let's try to keep dancing through this weekend into next week. would love to be in the Sweet 16, but either way, however it happens, I'm enjoying the ride with you, and we'll, we'll enjoy it all the way through. As always, hail Loyal Sons of Pittsburgh. You got something? Please win. Please.